Welcome everybody to the Accounts Payable Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Radford. We will be sharing with you interviews and insights with leading industry experts. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm joined by John Wallace, the CEO of Documation. Hi. Hello, Jamie. Hi, John. Good to have you back. We are recording a series of podcasts with John and the team, and today's topic is e-invoicing. And actually, from our audience's point of view, John, there seems to be a lot of confusion about what true e-invoicing is, Mm -hmm. and ultimately where it starts, where it ends, lots of formatting issues, those sort of things. So could you enlighten us today, please, John? I will certainly try and do that, Jamie. Yeah, let's try try and do that. I think where some of the confusion arises is, is, is in the formats of invoices that people are receiving. So if we go back five or maybe maybe ten years, almost all of our invoices arrived as paper. Um, but clearly things have changed a lot now. And certainly with our customers, we find that 80 to 90% of all of the invoices that come through, uh, come through as PDFs attached to an email or something attached to an email. And many people think that that is an e-invoice, um, but as we'll discover in a minute or two, that's not really what an e-invoice is. Um, and those those uh, email attachments are great. They're much better than receiving paper, although a surprising number of people actually print them out when they receive them, which um, sounds crazy, but that's what happens in a lot of organisations. Um, but those emails still are full of problems, if you like, um, because they still have to be translated into data to get them, you know, once they go into our finance systems. Um, And they're prone to all sorts of problems. So, you know, some of the problems we were talking about earlier on, um, you may set up an email invoice um, inbox to receive those those invoices from your suppliers, but there's nothing to stop spam getting into it. Um, There's nothing to stop your suppliers sending you emails with other sorts of attachments that are not invoices. Um, and your suppliers, being an unruly bunch, which they often are, um, will be sending you invoices where, where there's one invoice on, on an email, or maybe there are several invoices on an email, or one PDF attachment that has 100 invoices embedded within it, and maybe some other things as well. So just those, just those email formatting issues can give people problems of processing um, and give us exceptions that, that, that we have to handle manually. Yeah, and I think that, that stat that you've got there, John, of 80-odd percent of your customers ultimately are obviously in some way receiving emails from the days of paper. Obviously, in my day, way back when I was using quills, everything was paper-based. So that's sort of, we're moving towards that email culture and obviously downloading emails. Um, in terms of that, you know, so are you seeing a big movement towards that? So it's mainly electronic receipt of what we consider an, uh, an invoice of sort. Absolutely. If you looked across our customer base, um, like I say, 80 to 90% of all the invoices received are, are email. And, and that's great because, okay, it is in an electronic form. It's not a true invoice, which we'll come on to in a minute, but it is electronic at least, um, which means we've got a document that we can push through a workflow and we can view it on a screen. Um, but typically, we will be extracting, or our customers will be extracting the data from that invoice with the OCR. So OCR is a whole lot better than keying every invoice manually, as, as we know, but nonetheless, very often it, it needs a bit of help. It's going to need some corrections made to the data. Uh, and in particular, if you're trying to take the line data off the invoices, 
there's a lot of data on each invoice and you've got to do some work to make sure that, that is accurate. So, yeah, email is a whole lot better than paper, but it is by no means perfect. And, yeah. and, and as, as we were saying, it's, it's also quite prone to fraud. So you can get, you know, if you receive an email invoice, um, you may be receiving that from your supplier or it may be coming from somebody else um, unbeknownst to you. So there are, there are issues with emails. Yeah, I saw something on the press actually recently where I think it was Facebook actually got, um, there was an issue with some fraud in Facebook with an email coming in from a supplier that was then effectively paid. So even big corporates such as Facebook can uh, sort of be opened up to what we consider as electronic fraud. Yeah, absolutely. And some of it, some of it is really scary stuff as well. Um, some frauds are easy to detect. I mean, you know, we do things like compare the bank account number that we've got on the email with with the with the one that's in the finance system, you can do that kind of check. Um, but some fraud is harder to, t- to detect than that. Um, and obviously, it's, in, it's important to make sure that you're, you're weeding those fraudulent invoices out. Tricky to do. So, John, um, EDI, isn't that a true e-invoice? Um, that's a good point, Jamie. I mean, EDI is a technology that's been around for a very long time. Um, I'm probably even older than you are, and um, I think I think it was around before I started in accounts payable automation. Um, and and EDI is really good for some things, but but the fact that it hasn't been taken up across the whole of of uh, the trading sector probably tells its own story, really. Um, EDI has multiple formats, as, as, as we know. If you talk to anybody who deals with EDI, you've, that, that's a problem that they often cite. Um, and it tends to only work in, in really in certain industries. So some industries like manufacturing, particularly and particularly vehicle manufacturing, and some retailers usually very heavily, in, but a lot of organisations do not. Um, and I think that there's a number of reasons for that. Is lots of different formats. It typically requires quite a lot of work to get it engineered into the system. Um, it can be quite high cost, quite high transaction cost, quite high take-on costs. Um, so although it's been around for a long, long time, it's not proved to be the answer that, that people perhaps thought it would be at one time. All right, so it's still prevalent in industry, but it's it's not what it once was sort of marketed as. Exactly, yeah, it's, it, it's out there. And I say, depending on the industry, you'll see more or less of it. Some industries you'll see none whatsoever. So, so what's the what's the answer then, John? What's the solutions that we? What can we look at? So, really, a, a, a true invoice, uh, Jamie, is, is is a different kind of a beast. With with your email invoice, what you're receiving is an attachment, um, and that attachment is a visual representation. It's the same as receiving paper usually, um, except that it's in an electronic format. Um, and as such, it still has to be interpreted. With a true invoice, um, what we're doing is, is essentially transferring data rather than a document direct from the supplier to the buyer. Um, so we've got two organisations that are exchanging a digital and tax compliant invoice. So that data is um, the legally acceptable form of the invoice rather than the document that we would have been receiving before. Um, and those documents can be, uh, sorry, the, the, the electronic invoice can be received either direct between the two parties, so transferred directly from the supplier to the vendor, to the buyer, um, or they can be received via a network, so going through a third party in the middle. 
Um, and in some cases, as we'll come to later on, those uh, electronic invoice transactions need to go via tax authority as well. But the fact is, um, we are transferring data, we're not transferring a document. Adding to that, if you like, um, that invoice data, which is often in XML form, so it's likely to be an XML file, um, will be or can be accompanied by a visualisation of that data. So that's back to you, something that looks like an invoice that we can look at and and, uh, see on the screen. And it may be accompanied by other artefacts, such as a, a digital signature, for example, that proves the authenticity of that data and proves that it has not been changed along the journey. So with a true invoice, it, it's the invoice data that is preserved, and that is the only relevant original in terms of uh, tax authorities and auditor requirements. It's that originally preserved piece of data that we require and not the paper and not the visualisation. It's the data that is the, is the true fact, if you like to put it like that. Great. Okay, John. So explain to the audience then, why is an e-invoice better than a standard email invoice then? Well, one of the, one of the key points is the quality of the data. Um, we talked earlier on about with an email invoice, even if you OCR it or manually key it, there are likely to be data errors in there, transposition errors, um, or what have you. Whereas with uh, a true electronic invoice, you're receiving data direct from the source. So what goes into your system is exactly what came out of the supplier system. Um, and that data it's going to be a perfect rendition every time. There's no OCR, there's no corrections, there's no manual data entry required for any of that process. So the quality of the data is going to be a lot higher and the effort is zero. Once you set the system up, the invoice goes from one to the other and there's no work involved for anybody. Um, so obviously that's that's a great boon. Um, one, of the, one of the effects of that is that the speed of getting the invoice from the supplier and getting it registered on the buyer's finance system is almost instantaneous. Whereas even with an email invoice, there's a process to go through before you can register that debt and get it onto your books. Um, obviously, when I say quality of data is correct, the data will be an exact rendition of what the supplier sent. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's what you want. Um, that's a slightly different thing. Um, so uh, another good point about e-invoicing, if you like, it, is that um, usually um, an e-invoicing system will have a portal that the supplier can see. So they will be able to see what's happened to their invoice. And one of the things that enables you to do is to put some um, really strong data validation in place at the entry door, if you like. So before it gets into your finance system, you can validate that invoice um, and depending on the relationship with the supplier, you can bounce it straight back to them. Um, so those duplicate invoices, those invoices with non-existent purchase order numbers or invoices where they've calculated the VAT incorrectly um, can get bounced directly back to the supplier, um, which is it's going to save you time and, and, and effort in your accounts payable team for sure. Well, that's interesting, John, uh, reference to supplier portal. Um, I can see, obviously, the true benefits of that. And we have a lot of interest from our audience around supplier portals. And I know that we've got another session coming up where we're going to talk in more in depth about supplier portals. So we won't go on it now, 
but we'll earmark that one for another day. Yeah, fine. Happy to do that, Jamie. It's a hot topic, as you say. So one of the other benefits of, of e-invoicing, and uh, we talked a little bit there about quality of data and speed to registration and the fact that there's no work involved um, in transferring the data from one party to another once the system is set up. Um, the next thing I was going to say is that, is that that data is also complete. So um, with a PDF attached to your email, you're going to be doing some kind of data extraction to get the information out of that document. Um, and the more data you want to extract, the more difficult that is. So if you've got a 200-page invoice um, and it's got you know maybe 2,000 lines on it, um, that's an awful lot of data to try and extract, either manually by keying it, worst of all, or even by OCR. There are going to be probably some errors in there that you need to pick up and correct. Um, but because here we're talking about with an e-invoice, we're talking about data transferring direct from the supplier to the buyer. That data is completely 100%. Um, all of it is there. Every last character that, that, that was part of the invoice when it left the supplier will be available to your system. And that includes all of that wonderful line data. So that's really the on-ramp to doing some spectacular things with auto-matching. I mean, we can do an awful lot with auto-matching anyway, just with email um, invoices and, and paper ones. But if you've got all of the data, 100%, and it's accurate, you can do really good things with auto-matching. So it brings you benefits right into the heart of the accounts payable automation process. Um, okay, having having sort of painted a picture where e-invoice, e-invoices might start to sound like Nirvana, um, that's not the band, by the way. Um, they, they, they kind of are, but um, in the same way as with, with, with EDI and lots of other uh, electronic means of exchange, um, there are different formats Um so, and, and there are also different ways, which I'll come on to in a minute, of different ways of transferring that data from the supplier to the buyer. Um, but um, the good thing that's happening around e-invoicing now um, is the concept of data roaming, which is very much like um, with your mobile phone networks. You know, you, you might be on O2. I'm, I'm on Vodafone. Um, I'm not sure what these guys are on. Um, Some cheap network <laughs> <laughs> um, But obviously the, pr- the problem of interoperability between those different different formats, different, different networks has been solved a long while ago. And now that we're part of the EU, when, even when we go abroad, um, that data roaming is free for us. And that's very much is, is one of the ways in which invoicing is, is changing now, is that that data roaming is becoming more and more common. In fact, I wouldn't go near a network personally that didn't allow data roaming. So what that means in practice is that um, your supplier might be um, sending data, e-invoice data to you direct, and that's great. Um, But it also might be that your supplier is part of a network and they can send their e-invoice data to that network and then the network will send it on to you. Um, and in some instances, it may go from the supplier to their network and from their supplier's network to your network and from your network to you. Um, but the great thing there is that, is that you can transpose the data format. So um, your supplier might be talking one invoice format 
and you might need to receive another. And that transposition of the data, because it's all electronic, can happen in the middle without you needing to worry about it. So what you can get into your system is the same format from every supplier, which is great. Good stuff. Consistency of data. I think that's the way I look at it, John. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, uh, Absolutely. Well, John, so in terms of e-invoicing and this data set that you're talking about, clearly it's a growing subject. So why now? What's happening? What's changing now? You're right, right, Jamie. It is growing and changing right now. Um, E-invoicing has been around for a while, a bit like EDI, maybe not quite as long, but it's been there for a bit. Um, And as with all kind of revolutions, there's, there's inertia and resistance that gets in the way of it being adopted. Um, an unwillingness to change and, and um, but one of the things that, that happens if you look at if you look through history um, is that when there's a war on innovation happens and things start to change really really quickly and from my perspective that's what I see happening now with the invoicing there's a war on um, and that war is all about tax um, so we all as individual organisations might see the benefits of trading with e-invoicing and in some cases we'll take that up because we decide point to point between the supplier and customer it's a great idea but that's not enough to sweep it through the whole of our trading um, trading situation. Um, so the war that's happening now is, is about tax as I say and it's about tax avoidance specifically. Um, Interesting fact that in Europe alone, um, public revenues, uh, about 30% of all public revenues, so revenues going to our state and local governments, uh, about 30% of that is VAT. And out of that VAT, about 20 to 30% of it goes missing. In other words, it doesn't get paid, either because it's not reported or because it's dodged or whatever. So... When you add that up across the whole of Europe, that's somewhere between 150 and 250 billion euros a year. Wow. That is a lot of money. And globally, um, the, search, the, the kind of uh, surveys and the research that's been done on this topic indicate that maybe as much as half a trillion um, globally goes missing in terms of tax revenues. So there's the, there's the, uh, there's the reason, really, why why this stuff is beginning to take off because what's happened is it's no longer a matter of you and I trading electronically and deciding that that's going to be a good thing for us locally. What's happened is that governments around the world are catching hold of this idea of electronic invoicing as being a way of closing that tax loophole. And if you look at a map, and we've, we can show you some maps, um, of the uptake of electronic invoicing around the world. And you'll see that the places where it's happening fastest and has happened fastest, places like Latin America, where there are enormous tax gaps. So what's happening there is um, there are government mandates coming along around the world. And those government mandates dictate that all invoices will be transferred as electronic invoices um, in order that the governments can track them and close the tax gap and increase their revenues. And if you think about it, that's kind of free revenue. They're not putting their taxes up. They're not saying to you and I, okay, our tax rate's going up from, you know, VAT's going to 30%. 
next year don't need to do that. What they do need to do is collect the revenue that's already available to them. And that really is, is becoming a huge driver around the globe. Um, that governments are mandating electronic invoicing as a way of fixing this problem for themselves. So whether we like it or not, we are all going to be trading with electronic invoices pretty soon. And you, you can see it happening um, already. I mentioned Latin America there. Um, there are lots of other countries uh, around the world that are beginning to mandate um, electronic invoicing. And probably closest to us is Italy. Um, Italy mandated uh, that from the beginning of 2019. Um, not just government to government or, or business to government invoices would be electronic, but all B2G, B2B invoices have to be electronic now. Um, and the, there are different mechanisms for, for, for that to work with the government, but the most popular model or the model that, 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 that um, governments like Italy are taking up um, is uh, the clearance model. So what happens there is that if I want to send you an invoice, or it's more likely that it's going to happen the other way around, but if you want to send me an invoice and, and we happen to be trading in Italy, um, you can no longer send that invoice to me direct. What you have to do is, first of all, you send your electronic invoice, your XML data, to the tax authority. The tax authority now know that you're issuing me with an invoice, right? So they know what the tax amount on that is, and they can track it all the way through. They will then give you clearance. The invoice can then come to me. And for some governments, what happens then is that, is that I have to register the fact that I've received it and maybe download it from the government portal. But ultimately, I, I get a piece of data that says I owe you some money. And meanwhile, the government is sitting there and they know all about it right from the get-go. So there's no way that I can submit my, my cash to you now without the government taking their share. So I can't send it to you without the VAT um, because the government knows that, 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 that it's present. So the days of invoice getting lost in the post are going to become a thing of the past? Uh, absolutely. And yeah, absolutely, they will do because, um, you know, where this sort of stuff is mandated, um, the penalties are huge, potentially really, really seriously big. Um, it's certainly enough to frighten people off sending sending bits of paper to each other and, and hoping to get paid uh, on the QT. Well, I've had, I've had the joy of working with Italian ledgers in the past, mm-hmm. and a colleague of mine, Gareth, has also. And if, if the Italians are starting this or are well on the route with this, that means the rest of the world will follow suit. Uh, ab- absolute, uh, absolutely spot on, yeah. And it, it's, the, there are mandates beginning to appear across Europe. Um, there are mandates going to be coming um, to, to a government near us very soon. Um, in fact, there always already is a requirement that um, trading with the NHS in this country, um, there is uh, the ability to send electronic invoices in. And it won't be very long before that becomes a mandate in the UK as well. Yeah. So, a- absolutely. So, there are a lot of benefits for invoicing, and um, there is now going to be a big stick as well as a carrot, shall we say, to put it like that. So, John, this year, obviously, the AP Association has got a big focus on education. So, for our audience, where do they go? What do they start to learn around e-invoicing? What's your advice there? Um, well, the advice is, number one, it's definitely something that people should be educating themselves around. Um, 
invoicing is coming down the track. Um, the lights are on and it's approaching approaching us all fairly quickly. Um, how quickly depends on the nature of the business, really. Um, and the need to the need to educate. Um, therefore, is de- it depends on things like where where an organisation is trading. Um, for example, if you know if you're trading out of Italy right now, then you'd better be on it because it's already happened. Um, if you're trading in the UK, not so unless you're working with the NHS. Um, but if you've got a, a lot of governmental business, then it's something that should, certainly should be looking at. Um, so there is definitely a need to educate, and that starts really with with understanding. Um, the universe of e-invoicing in, in the context of your own particular organisation. So if you're trading overseas, if you've got multiple subsidiaries, um, those are factors. You, it depends, the importance of it depends on the customer-supplier relationships you've got, how many suppliers you've got and where they're trading from. Um, Brexit, Brexit is obviously the, the, the dark horse here. I can't even say it anymore. Because <laughs> We're all bored, John. <laughs> We're all bored with it. Absolutely. Um, the thing, the thing about um, the government mandates that are driving this is that, as is the way with the world, um, they're all different. Um, so different governments, different regions require different formats of electronic invoice data. They require differences in terms of digital signatures that prove the efficacy of that data. Um, Many of them have archiving mandates. So in the same way as we have to keep our paper documents for a length of time, we have to keep our invoices for a length of time too. And the format that we have to keep and the length of time, etc., varies. As does the ability for the tax authority or the auditor to come and access that data directly. So there are different rules and regulations in different parts of the world. Um, So it can be quite a complex thing to learn about um, but the good news is is that you know that that's where people like like you and and us come into our own really because we understand the landscape and we can help um, people out there to, to understand and see what's fit for purpose from the particular view of their business um, and that's 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 really important so you know all of those different mandates can make it sound really quite complicated but actually the job of, 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 of us, if you like, is to educate and to help people make that journey. Um, and that is as well as where invoicing networks come in because they take a lot of the pain out of out of adoption. And I like to think that, that for customers like ours, adopting invoicing will be very straightforward because their AP automation platform can already cater for it. What they've got to do is make the decision and make the choices about how they want to adopt it and how they want to move forward. But definitely, yeah, education, absolutely essential. Excellent. So, John, today has been a pleasure as always. So, for the audience point of view, could you sort of recap on the benefits of e-invoicing for us? Yeah, sure, Jamie. Um, so, emails are great. E-invoices are much, much better, um, is the first thing to say. And they're better because the data quality is pure, um, they're faster. The transmission is direct from the supplier um, to the buyer. Um, that data is going to be consistent. You've got the opportunity to bounce it back immediately if you don't like it. 
automatically um, and your, your supplier, as we talked about, um, portals um, can have access to the information that that is happening for them. And the, the driver, as, as I said earlier on, the, what's going to overcome the inertia and, and resistance around e-invoicing are those government mandates. And they are starting to happen and have happened in about half the world so far, and they are picking up pace. So it will be happening in the UK. It's only a matter of when. And the driver for that, as I said earlier on, is closing that enormous tax gap. And you could look at it from the point of view that we're all going to benefit from that in a way. So there may be some effort for us to to move to e-invoicing, but long term, we're all going to be happy. I'll mark your words on that one, John. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so e-invoicing can be complex. It's complex in the sense that there are lots of different mandates and they're all none of them are the same, unfortunately. It'd be great if governments would get together and make decisions and work in the same way, but they don't, as we know. But that doesn't mean it's not easy to, to, to adopt this um, e-invoicing opportunity as it, as it comes down the track to us because um, systems like ours enable you to do that fairly easily. Um, and one thing I didn't say, Jamie, was, was that we've been talking mostly about accounts payable um, and the receipt of invoices. But obviously, organisations that we work with and that you work with will be issuing invoices as well. And what applies to accounts payable will also apply to accounts receivable. So when those mandates happen, you've got to be sending your invoices out as e-invoices in data form. And the benefits you know, are, are good there as well. Um, and those benefits really um, are, in terms of accounts payable, certainly less work. You know, you're not going to be doing OCR corrections. You're not going to be having to worry about different formats and people sending you rubbish on, on emails um, that you didn't really want to receive. So there's less work involved. Um, there's much better opportunities to detect fraud, um, which is an important factor for, for a lot of our customers and I'm, I'm sure a lot of yours too. Um, so you you can really see invoicing as a way of as kind of it's like a motorway compared with a dual carriageway or, or you know a single track road when you think of paper and email and and, and invoicing. Uh, invoicing is a motorway. It's going to get invoices, the right invoices with the right data into your accounts payable system the fastest, and from there you can do really good things with the, with your automation. So from my point of view, certainly, I would urge people to, to start exploring this because it's a really important topic um, and that's what you, 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 you and we are here to help with. Well, John, that was a great session. Thank you ever so much for taking the time today to explain to us all about e-invoicing and I'm sure the audience have, will really appreciate that. So in terms of further information from yourselves, documentation as such, how can they get in touch with you and learn more about this top topic? Uh, so that's really easy, Jamie. Um, we're going to be writing about this topic a lot. It's very important, I think, this, this year in particular. So people can come to our website, the Documation website, documation.co.uk, and on there they'll find links where, which will take them to our invoicing pages. Um, they can read more there, and we'll be able to keep them in touch as we produce papers and, and more information during the year. So, yeah, really easy, Jamie. Just come to the website with Documation. Great. And I know you guys are going to be on our virtual event this year, uh, which is in May. So we'll ask our audience to look out for your website and when you're exhibiting at our virtual event later in the year. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Jamie. It's been a pleasure. 
Thanks for your time. Great. Thanks, John. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. Visit our website at ap-association.com for future podcasts and engage with our community in the resource area. Until next time, have a great day.